Our reading today from the Holy Gospel according to the witness of Matthew, the 11th chapter, beginning at the 25th verse. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Brothers and sisters, this is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord, the living Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So for this entire month of January, we have been meditating on the word of the Lord as it speaks to us regarding our spiritual health and vitality and how we find our strength and our hope and our peace, not in ourselves, but in the Lord. Um, Martin Luther said it's an alien gospel, and by that he didn't mean it came from a foreign planet, but it's outside of ourselves. Jesus, the word made flesh, has come to us, uh, giving us his life, um, joining us to his death and resurrection. And so we have our spiritual health, not because we've made some resolution, but because Jesus is Lord, and he's come to sinners like you and me to give us a hope and a strength and a peace that is not our own. We have focused these last Wednesdays, and this is especially for those of you visiting, on how to be spiritually strong and uh, to be vital in faith. We need to have time for the word. Uh, Jesus said to us, um, don't just be people who hear the word, but people who do it. Be doers of the word. Uh, We focused on the importance of prayer, and Jesus taught us that there's a right way to pray. It's not enough just to pray, but to pray in faith, to pray with a humble heart, uh, to pray in uh, contrition, uh, acknowledging our sin, and uh, asking the God and Father of us all to have his way with us, to make us new, to guide us and direct us. We focused last week on the importance of worship and how for Christians this isn't an optional thing that we do if the Spirit moves us or if we feel like it. Uh, Those who are in Christ worship on the Lord's Day, just as Jesus, we saw in the gospel, made it his custom, his habit, uh, to be in synagogue and temple worship with the people of God in his day. Uh, All of those sermons, if you're visiting for the first time today, or if you're a member who's been gone out of town on vacation or work, are posted on our website. You can listen to each and every one of those as audio files. Today, as we heard Tim um, read from the psalm, And as the choir just sang so beautifully, uh, there is a rest that we need if we are to uh, not just survive, but to live and serve as God's people until we see him face to face. There is a need for us to have rest. And at the beginning of our text today, 
Matthew says, at that time, Jesus begins to teach us. At that time, Jesus speaks about rest and peace and an easy yoke and a burden that is not so heavy that it overwhelms us. What was going on at that time? John the Baptist was in prison. And if you know the story of his life and witness, he was about to be executed by decapitation. Jesus identifies John as the greatest human being who has ever lived. Yet many people were saying that John was possessed by a demon as he was at that time already behind bars awaiting his execution. Other things were unfolding at that time as well. Jesus was going about preaching, teaching, healing, forgiving sins as God himself in the flesh. And the people were saying about Jesus, he's a glutton, a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. At that time, Jesus knew that soon enough he would be betrayed by Judas, denied by Peter, and handed over for execution like John. Only his death would not come quickly by beheading. It would be an agonizing and torturously slow death of crucifixion. So at that time, with so much criticism, so much hate, so much pain and suffering about to come down on him, Jesus says, come to me, You that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, come to me, I will give you rest. Come to me, take my yoke, learn from me. Come to me, I'm gentle and humble in heart. Come to me, you'll find rest for your souls. So how does Jesus speak of rest in the midst of all this turmoil and his own impending arrest and public execution How can Jesus speak of rest and gentleness when it seems that everything going on around him is anything but restful? It's quite mean-spirited and even violent. To understand this, we need to ask ourselves what kind of rest our Lord might have in mind. Exactly what kind of rest is Jesus talking about? You see, when we think of rest, let's be honest, we usually think of quiet time, downtime, time free of responsibilities, worries, problems, troubles. When we think about rest, we usually think of getting away from it all, getting away from the grind, getting away from all the conflicts in life getting away from other people. Some of us think of rest as getting away from our own relatives, getting away without a care in the world. And if we seek that kind of rest, if we do have a care, well, it's only self-care. Care for myself and what fun thing I might do next. That's not the kind of rest Jesus promises. This is a rest for our souls And it's a rest that comes to us smack dab in the thick of life with all of its problems, all of its demands, and all of its tension. Our souls are in peril. 
And yet we can have all the rest time in the world as we think of it, all the vacations, all the cruises, all the exotic journeys far from home, work or school. We can have a life in this world of relative leisure and still our souls will be in peril. They will not be at rest. They will not find rest until our souls are safe and secure as we find a home, a place, a promise with God. You and I need, the world needs what only Jesus can give in order for our souls to have this rest. It's a rest that comes in His love, His mercy, His forgiveness, and the power of His resurrection for our souls to experience this restoring rest. This is not the rest we carve out for ourselves. This is not the kind of rest that one earns by working like a dog for 50 weeks in order to have two weeks of vacation, only to return to the life of the dog before another year, another time of rest can be had. This is not the rest that comes from 30 years of working, saving, and sacrificing in order to finally reach the finish line called retirement so you can disengage from the rat race. This rest is a gift even as the rats are passing you by and chewing on your, well, chewing on your tail. This rest is the rest that only God can provide. And God provides this rest even if you're working 50, 60 hours a week. This is a rest. It is a rest that can be yours even when you stay awake at night praying and worrying about your children or grandchildren or your parents. It is a rest that is given and assured even when you've been diagnosed with an illness or a disease that threatens all your earthly plans and dreams. It is a rest that comes even when your name is John the Baptist and you are about to die because of your obedience to the sovereign God. This rest comes from the one who has conquered sin and death. This rest comes from the one the grave could not hold. This rest comes from the one who promises that nothing in all creation, nothing, not the sins of your past, not the problems of your present, not the unknowns of the future, can separate you from the love of God. Since we started this series of sermons on spiritual health and finding ourselves in the word and in worship and in prayer, here are some things that have unfolded in our church family here at Faith. Four Households have gathered in this very space for funerals of loved ones. Since we started this sermon series, we're praying for a young pastor in his 30s. He's in the hospital with cystic fibrosis and he will die in a matter of days. He has a wife and Two young children, he will die unless he receives a lung transplant. And even in the hospital, on his bed, he has his wife do a video of how he is at peace in the Lord. Since we started this sermon series, one person was informed that his job would be ending by the end of June as his company is downsizing. Since we started the sermon series, a young mother found out she has a rare and dangerous condition and has been told that major surgery is an option. That's just what a few people in the body of Christ 
have experienced and are experiencing. And there are other brothers and sisters whose sadness, whose difficulties are known only to God and to them. And you might be one of them. And among this fellowship in Christ, there are those who still mourn the death of husbands and wives, sons and daughters, mothers and fathers. Even though those deaths took place years ago, there is still a void, there is still an emptiness, there is still a yearning to see them again face to face before the Lord. Since we started the sermon series, your pastors have spent time praying and talking with people, carrying other burdens. You may be among those who carry with you the sadness and regret of selfish decisions and sinful choices, some of which caused people harm, maybe years ago, some of which caused you emotional and spiritual injury to yourself. And in this fellowship, since we started talking about being spiritually strong in the Lord, there are people who come to church each weekend, but they just go through the motions. They have yet to understand that Jesus wants them entirely. He wants his way with them. He wants them to turn their lives over to his care and keeping, to surrender to his lordship. The reason I can tell you this is because of a brother who told me this. A man who's been worshiping here for only 25, for over 25 years. I have his permission to say so. He said, I'm just now beginning to understand what it really means to be a Christian. Jesus says to each and every one of us, your burdens, hand them over. Give them to me. Cast them on me. My love is strong enough to handle your pain, your sadness, your regret. My cross is sufficient to free you from the sins of your past and the shame of your present. My grace can be trusted, so stop trying to live without me because you will die in the end unless you live in me. My mercy is wide. My mercy is deep. So entrust your departed loved ones to my care and keeping. For I am the Lord of life. The year was 1662. That's when Matthew Henry was born. He was well acquainted with suffering and difficulty in his life. His father had been imprisoned and defrocked. That means you're a priest and that office is taken away from you. He had been imprisoned as an Episcopal priest for his failure to follow the Book of Common Prayer to the letter in the order of worship. The government issued an act of uniformity which required all church services to follow the exact same prescribed order of worship from start to finish. Matthew Henry's father dared to worship in the freedom of the gospel without following each and every rubric of the liturgical order of the day. And he was thrown in prison for this high crime. Matthew himself became a Presbyterian pastor and died at the age of 51. His life was anything but easy from a worldly standard. But these are his words from 300 years ago, and I quote, We need not fear of the Lord's yoke, 
His commandments are holy, just, and good. It requires self-denial and exposes to difficulties. But this is abundantly repaid, even in this world, by inward peace and joy. It is a yoke that is lined with love. So powerful are the assistances he gives us, so suitable the encouragements, and so strong the consolations to be found in the way of duty, that we may truly say it is a yoke of pleasantness. The way of duty is the way of rest. The truths Christ teaches are such as we may venture our souls upon, such as the Redeemer's mercy. And why should the laboring and burdened sinner seek for rest from any other quarter? Let us come to him daily for deliverance from wrath and guilt, from sin and Satan, for all from all our cares, fears, and sorrows. But forced obedience, far from being easy and light, is a heavy burden. In vain do we draw near to Jesus with our lips, while the heart is far from him. So come to Jesus. Find rest for your souls. The day is surely coming when all our struggling and grieving will be over. That's a promise. When death will be swallowed up and every tear wiped away. And we will find our ultimate perfect rest in the presence of God when we see him face to face. Perfect rest as we are with the Savior. For now, as we seek to be spiritually fit in the Lord, we live in um, the already, but the not yet. This in-between time, the Lord's first coming as the babe of Bethlehem and has promised to come again as the King of kings and Lord of lords who judges the living and the dead. We live in this already but not yet moment. At this time, the kingdom of Christ has broken into this troubled world and we await the day that it is established in its fullness and glory. For the time being, we choose to be uh, the in the world but not of it crowd knowing that our citizenship in heaven has been established by Christ himself. In that kingdom we will live forever. But for now we also live in the kingdom of this world with its sin, its trouble, its pain, its disappointment. And we find our hope. We find our strength. We find our true rest, not in vacations, not in getting away from it all, but We find our rest in going to Jesus. We find our rest in him. Because he says, come to me. I know who you are. I know what you've done. I know the games you play. I know your disappointments and your losses. Come to me. And the one who says, come to me, is God. The word made flesh. He is our champion. He is our hero. He is the Prince of Peace. And he will reign forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.